Good morning. This reading is from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became intimidators, imitators, sorry, imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message and with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us. From the coming rock. Please take your seats. And as you do so, I'd like to invite the Cambodia team to come and join us up here. I'm pretty sure you're all aware of who you all are by now. Uh, but if you'd like to spread out down that way so everyone can see you all, that'd be great. And I'm going to invite Graham to uh, kick us off. Friends, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit that gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but the same Lord is served. Each one of us is given gifts by the Holy Spirit to use for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ, and individually, we are members of that body. You've seen some of the members of the team this morning. I'm going to ask each one of them to come forward and briefly explain what they're going to be doing as part of the mission team. Um, I'd like to start with Matt, since uh, it makes a bit of logical sense. Thank you. I think I've probably said most of it already. But, uh, yeah, we're we're going to be in the Safe Haven School most of the time uh, with David and Ellie, Ellie, who's not here this morning. uh, And we're going to be running sessions for as many students as we possibly can. And, and the idea is that we try and tell some stories, try and introduce them to, to things they may not have seen before, uh, and also try and do that in a style that, that they might then be able to, to use later on. I'm also going to be spending a lot of time with the teachers, uh, talking to them and just maybe sharing ideas of, of what, what I do day to day. And I've, I've been asking lots of people around who, who do primary teach things to, to give me help. And so I've got some ideas to take out with there. I've also got some resources and things to take out as well. So hopefully, as well as spending four or five days in the Safe Haven School with the students, we can pass on techniques and information that will be useful 
later on. So that's the plan. Yeah, I will be um, working in Safe Haven School and on School on the Mat as well, assisting Matt and and Ellie in the in the classrooms out there, and pretty much doing what Matt's just covered for me. So that's great. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, they've both mentioned Ellie. It's Ellie Branch. She's not able to be with us this morning. Uh, that's because she's involved in worship at uh, uh, Loxwood and Affold, where she's uh, helping out for the, uh, the current year. But she is being commissioned in that service during their morning service this morning. Um, can I continue with Tim? Yeah, I'm going to be working with pastors in Cambodia, spending three days working with existing pastors, looking at 2 Corinthians with them, which is a letter in which Paul talks about his experience as a pastor, so we're looking at that together. A couple of days working with trainee pastors who may be new Christians, possibly illiterate. We're looking at the Gospel of Mark with them and just reflecting on the story of Jesus and how they apply that in that context. Sue. I'm going to be following up on work I started three years ago in making sure that the teachers in Safe Haven School have really got the oral hygiene message and are working with the children consistently right through the school going to be spreading that work out to um, a very different kind of location with the teachers for schools on the mat where the children don't even have access to toothbrushes or toothpaste so that is a very different challenge Um, I'm going to be working strategically with Cho staff and um, also a GP and a physiotherapist from England who are out there at the moment to develop um, hygiene and health training for wider rollout for a long-term perspective. So it's very exciting. Roger. Morning. I'm hopefully going to be uh, teaching digital photography to uh, Cho staff with the aim, ultimately, of them setting up a small business. Because one of the things about Cambodia is that it's a very poor country and the opportunities for employment are not that great. Um, this might then generate some income for all the, the good work that Cho Uh, is doing in that area and also I'm hoping to take some photographs so we can come back and share them with you of all the activities that we get up to and finally Michelle Um, good morning Um, I'm hopefully going to be able to help contribute towards the cafe that they have there called the Destiny Cafe. Um, I'm hoping to uh, help them promote it a bit more, um, spice up the menu a bit and get more of the locals and the tourists involved and getting them to come to Cho and to the cafe. So, and maybe bake some bread. (laughs) Thanks. You may be wondering what I'm doing, as as well as uh, co-leading the team with my wife Sue. Um, I'm also going to be involved in uh, working in IT with some of the Cho staff at their office and looking at the opportunities for developing IT within the uh, Safe Haven School. So, friends and family, I present to you those who will be representing this, our congregation, in this mission project. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's a story told about a hunter walking through the African jungle who found a huge dead elephant with a small pygmy standing beside it. Amazed, he asked, did you kill that elephant? The pygmy said, yes, I did. The hunter asked, how could a little bloke like you kill a huge beast like that? I killed it with my club, the pygmy answered. The astonished hunter asked, how big is your club? The pygmy replied, there's about 60 of us. (laughs) You see... The task of mission, be that local outreach or travelling abroad, for many people is like that huge elephant. As individuals, we can often look at our own gifts and abilities, our own aptitude for outreach and evangelism, and feel as if it's someone sending us with a toothpick to go and kill the elephant. You can imagine going up to this beast, start poking away, and you can see one of two things is going to happen. It'll either ignore you like you're not even there or like a pesky little fly or something, or it'll sit on you. But take a lesson from the pygmy. Outreach, evangelism, mission, they're not solo events. We're not meant to take on this task alone because the mission of sharing God's love, the love of Jesus even, with those near and far was given the church to do together. On our own, it would be a huge, seemingly impossible task Because changing the world on our own, that's massive, right? But together, together we have the courage and we have support with each other to make a difference. You see, God made us to live in community with other people. We're far more effective working together than we ever could be on our own. One friendly person does not make a friendly church. One evangelistic person does not make an evangelistic church. The mission of the church should be the mission of the whole church. And that's why it's so important that our Cambodian team, as they set off in the next week, they need to know that we are praying for them and supporting them and are fully behind them. But you know, mission, outreach, evangelism, they're not just things for overseas. It's something we should all be involved in. Not everybody's called to go and verbalize their faith. But we're all called to share our faith through our everyday actions and the stuff we do every day. And it's a powerful, good news message that we have to share. The power of the gospel is real. The power of the gospel is gripping. It's life-changing. Jesus lived and died a criminal's death. He was raised from the dead. That's powerful. And when the Thessalonians heard that message and believed it, They got that power in their hearts, and they were changed. They were different. They were never the same again. And we're called to be like that, called to be different. Thessalonica was a fairly important city. It was the capital of the Roman province of Macedonia. Um, Paul, Silas, and Timothy had brought the gospel to the city 
about 50 AD. We're not sure how long they stayed there, but it wasn't long. And it's proof that a lot can happen in a short space of time. Because they reckon they were about there for about three weeks or so, which isn't long at all, because that's how long they preached in the synagogues. We do know that during their time they faced persecution, and they were charged with subverting the Roman emperor. We're told that the people were disturbed when they heard the things that they were um, subverting the norms. They were disturbed because they knew the Roman Empire didn't take too kindly to people subverting what was normal. So the believers in Thessalonica urged, urged Paul to leave the city. He left during the night and went to the next town, and then he went on to Athens. And whilst he was there, he sent Timothy back to check on the Thessalonians just to make sure the good news had taken hold of their lives and was still making a difference to how they lived. And Timothy came back, and he told Paul how things were going. And so this letter to the Thessalonians is a result of that report. Timothy had brought mostly good news from Thessalonica, but there was a sort of slanderous campaign going against Paul. Uh, Paul had left the uh, city in a hurry, and his enemies will have tried to say bad things to these new Christians to kind of sway them from what they were doing. They tried to turn people against him. So he addresses that and a few other things. But in verse 2, Paul writes, We give thanks for you. He gave thanks because he was sure of their salvation. He was sure that they were chosen by God and they were now followers of him. He was sure about this not because the Thessalonians were impressive people, not because they were quite well off, not because of any of the standards the society might judge them by, but because their faith had become evidence to other believers in the surrounding areas. You see, Paul said to the, Thess uh, to the Christians in uh, Thessalonica, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcome the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers. The amazing thing about these Christians is that Paul had visited them so briefly, established their church, and then moved on. Whatever Paul had shown them about Jesus so impressed these people that they decided to be like Jesus too. In a short space of time, they became a model to other churches simply by living like Jesus. Because of their faith, they suffered ridicule for believing God, a poor man dying on a cross. They experienced huge amounts of persecution because businessmen would have nothing to do with them. And they physically suffered, even died for following Jesus. But yet, they didn't care about those things. Instead, they were people who imitated Jesus. We too are called to imitate Jesus wherever we are. The Thessalonians made such a great mark on the world because Christ lived in them and controlled them. And Billy Graham's reported to have once said, our greatest need today is not more Christianity, but more true Christians. The world can argue against Christianity as an institution, but there is no convincing argument against a person who, through the Spirit of God, has been made like Christ. There is no convincing argument against a person who through the Spirit of God has been made like Christ. We are called to be Christ-like. 
Not only that, but we are called to be Christ-like together. When we serve God, when we imitate Jesus together, we can more fully represent who he is. We all have different personalities. We all have different gifts and abilities, and we each do things differently. And that's why outreach of any sort, be it local, be it global, whatever it is, is something that we need to do together. Some of us speak out our faith and talk about it to others. Other people pray and other people serve behind the scenes. All necessary, all equally important. Together, we're told to imitate Jesus. And we know that Paul and his colleagues simply didn't simply talk about the gospel. They actually lived it out. They lived it to the extent that when the new Christians wanted to know how to live, they imitated the messengers. In the same way, the Thessalonians themselves became an amazing example of God's love. God's love in action, and they were there for other people to see. We need to remember that when we imitate Jesus together, we too are reaching out to others, and people should see something in us that they want as well. And you know, in Thessalonia, the Lord's me- um, Paul said, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achai, your faith in God has become known everywhere. And the Greek word for rang out or sounded out is where we get the English word echo. We echo God's truth as we hear it from him. An echo only repeats what is originally spoken. God has put his voice in us to echo his love. We're called to echo God's love to a hurting world and echo it through both our words and our actions. And not only that, but the way Paul wrote this word suggests two more things. One is that it's not a mere echo heard in the distance, but like a sound of thunder. The second thing is that thunder passes. This sounding doesn't. It keeps ringing continuously. And the end result is that a church in step with Jesus in is who is imitating him and speaking of his love will become known everywhere. It's inevitable. But the point is not that Brighton Road Baptist Church comes known. The point is to make Jesus known. And that doesn't have to be scary because we need to remember that to reach people for God, we don't have to be something that we're not. We don't have to be an unreachable level of greatness. We simply have to be ourselves. God knew what he was doing when he made us. He gave you the exact personality he wants you to have and he wants you to use to impact those around you. One of our absolute major purposes as Christians is to imitate him and to live like him. I want to just share with you uh, verses 7 and 8 from the message version of what we heard earlier. It says, Do you know that all over the provinces of both Macedonia and Achai, believers look up to you? The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in the provinces, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. You're the message. Imagine if people could say that about us, Imagine if people looked at us as a church, whether it's in Cambodia, whether it's here, whether it's wherever we are, and say the same about us. 
Imagine if people looked at us and saw Jesus. Imagine the difference that we'd make. Or more to the point, imagine the difference that Jesus would make through us. In order to have an impact on an unbelieving world, we need to be more and more like Jesus. We need to be imitators of him, and we need to be the message. I'm going to leave it there, and we're going to sing again as we prepare to gather around the table. We're going to sing, I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the songs of men. Let's stand to sing. <laughs>